Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. So, um, I guess now we kind of know what all of the rumors about the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, with Trisha Cotham were about. It wasn't about Trisha Cotham. Apparently there was some other woman whose husband is now suing the Speaker of the House in North Carolina, Tim Moore, for alienation of affection. So first off, just a PSA to all of the divorce lawyers out there. Get ready for an increase in clients seeking alienation of affection lawsuits. That is what happens usually in these after a case like this gets a lot of uh, coverage in the media. There are a lot of people going through divorces that have been cheated on and they uh, they hear about this law. They had no idea the law existed. And so then they're like, oh, I need to go sue the the person that my spouse cheated on me with go after the mistress or the the what there's no word i was talking with beth troutman before uh, i got on the show here there's no word for that although bernie looked it up he says the word gigolo is sometimes used but i don't think so i don't i don't i, I don't I, I don't think that's the comparable term Right, a gigolo is a male prostitute, so it's not exactly the same. I understand why people would use that word, because apparently we have not crafted a word for this in the English language, which, patriarchy. So, um, (laughs) So what would it be? What would the word be? We were kicking some around, um, the words, not the people, uh, Misterer? Like a, instead of a mistress, it's a misterer. What was the one from the, the Scarlet Letter? What was the one that Beth said? Dover, Doverdale? Coverdale? Dimsdale. Dimsdale. Yeah, it's just interesting that there's no word for this. But the accusation is in a new lawsuit. So, I mean, this is serious enough where someone is filing a civil lawsuit. They've got an attorney to do it. And I also understand that you can sue anybody for anything. But um, when you read through the complaint, which I have, there are some pretty substantial evidence-supported accusations. But there are also some questions that I have that these, these you line them up and they don't make sense. So I'm not sure, but I've read through the complaint twice. There's a new lawsuit. It alleges North Carolina House Speaker Tim Moore used his position to begin and maintain a sexual relationship with a state employee. According to the complaint, Moore has had an extramarital affair with the executive director of the North Carolina Conference of Clerks of Superior Court since 2019. A woman by the name of Jamie Lassiter, married to a guy named Scott Lassiter, but estranged. So they are separated. After the filing of this complaint, 
she, through an attorney, is, uh, issued a statement disputing the lawsuit's allegations and calling them outrageously defamatory. The claims are not only false but impossible, as we have been separated with a signed separation document for years. So that's easy to prove. That's easy to prove. But in North Carolina, if I recall correctly, you've got to be separated for a certain amount of time. I think it's over a year before you can have a divorce. So if she's got a signed separation document and they've had this for years, then that undermines some of what he alleges in the complaint. She said, quote, our marriage was a nightmare, and since I left him, it has gotten worse. We are reaching the end of our divorce process, and this is how he's lashing out. I plead with you to respect my privacy and don't give this unhinged man a platform to harass and humiliate me further. So that's, that is a possibility, okay? Like that, that he is, that, that she's divorcing him, and... He's not happy about it, and so he is lashing out. I don't know about infidelity. I'd obviously, I mean, all we have are his accusations. But the fact that it involves the Speaker of the House and part of the complaint talks about what happened after this guy, Scott Lassiter, busted his wife after she went out to dinner and then went back to the speaker's apartment in in one of the two. He actually has two, I think, condos or something in uh, in Raleigh, which like I don't understand that either. He got <laughs> two condos in in one city. Um, I mean, I get having one if you're a, lo- a lawmaker, right? You go in, you do your work, and you go home. Like I I did an arrangement like that in Asheville for years because um, we we were in I was you know we work in radio and I was always expecting to be fired so. You know, Christy had a good job in Charlotte, so we kept the place here, and I would drive up. I would stay in the apartment during the week up there, or she would come up on the weekends, or I would come back here on the weekends. And so we split our time over the course of, like, seven years. And then as soon as we moved her up to Asheville, I got fired. So <laughs> that's how that that's how that worked. Um, so I don't know whether the, the, the dude here is lashing out, as she says, or what the timeline is. A lawyer for the Speaker of the House says, I look forward to meeting Mr. Lassiter in the courtroom. We are confident the Speaker will be vindicated. Nobody is denying that there is a relationship, though. Um, Mr. Lassiter is an NC State grad. That's where he met his, uh, his now estranged wife, soon-to-be-divorced wife. And he's from Apex, North Carolina, um, he was te- he got out of school. He was teaching social studies at middle school level. He earned a master's in school administration. He became an assistant principal at Wake County Public Schools. He's a founding partner in a tech startup company located in Cary. He served as an Apex town councilman for four years between 2011 and 2015, where he chaired the budget and planning committees. He was the liaison to the Parks Department. He was a Parks Rec and Cultural Resources Advisory Commissioner from 2006 through 2011. Now, they got married, I think, in, like, 2013. So he was a town councilman, and they got married right in the middle of his term. In his 2011 local election, he won a seat on the town council of Apex, 
before the election, he blew a 0.11, three-tenths of a point higher than the legal limit. He was charged with a misdemeanor, later agreed to a guilty verdict for a DWI, though the charge did not surface until after the election. Right, so that's according to Ryan Anderson writing on Substack. He is seeking a jury trial and $200,000 in damages from Tim Moore, as well as an unidentified male that Lassiter claims conspired with Moore. Lassiter has previously expressed a desire uh, to, uh, he had previously des- uh, expressed a desire to work with Moore. He, in 2022, he ran for a seat in the General Assembly, but then he suspended his campaign after voting lines were changed following a state Supreme Court redistricting uh, lawsuit where they had to redraw the maps. So he, in 2022, he was running for, he was going to run for the seat and then bailed. Now we are to believe that in 2022, this affair had been going on for like three years at this point, but also that he, he confronts his wife over this around Christmas 2022, and then he is made an offer shortly after from Tim Moore. All right, now you've heard me talk about him. Old Grouch's military surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. The word is interloper, says Bill. That's a good one, too. Interloper. Um, all right, the, uh, the news that broke yesterday, the first person I saw to report it was Brant Clifton at the Daily Haymaker. DailyHaymaker.com. Uh, it's a lawsuit filed in Wake County against the Speaker of the House, Tim Moore, and an unidentified man, John Doe. And we'll get to John Doe. But first, this is from the complaint. Beginning in 2019 and continuing through and beyond January 11th of this year, So for almost four years, defendant Tim Moore aggressively pursued a sexual relationship with Mrs. Lassiter, even though he knew that she was married to and living with the plaintiff, Scott Lassiter. Plaintiff discovered defendant Tim Moore's affair with Mrs. Lassiter on December 21st, 2022. So this just this past Christmas. So what, seven months ago? After hearing persistent rumors about an inappropriate relationship between defendant Tim Moore and Mrs. Lassiter, which Mrs. Lassiter had repeatedly denied, plaintiff surveilled her on the evening of December 21st, the Wednesday before Christmas, the beginning of her holiday vacation from work. She told Scott she was going to a movie with one of her female friends. Instead of going to a movie, she went to dinner with The defendant, Tim Moore, at Sullivan Steakhouse in Raleigh. After dinner, defendant Tim Moore drove Mrs. Lassiter in the Lassiter's car to his residence in Raleigh, where they spent hours together 
and upon information and belief, uh, had the relations. A photo of defendant Tim Moore and Mrs. Lassiter leaving Sullivan's is attached 11 p.m. the night of December 21. When when, uh, Mrs. Lassiter returns home in the early morning hours of December 22, much later than she had told her husband she would be out for the movie, Scott confronts Jamie over her relationship with Tim Moore. Jamie tearfully confesses that she had been involved in an extramarital affair with the defendant for more than three years, that she had engaged in sexual activity with Timor, including group sex with other individuals seeking defendant Timor's political favor. Again, keep in mind, this could all be a lie. Because if you go after Tim Moore, right, the theory is he's rich, he's powerful, he'll pay you to make this go away. The guy could also be unhinged, or he could be telling the truth. But these are all, this is what he says she said to him in her confession, which that right there now opens up a whole other line of inquiry. First off, like I'm thinking, wait, was Madison Cawthorn right? Like that's, I mean, I dismissed those allegations. She also said she feared ending the relationship with defendant Tim Moore would result in losing her job. The plaintiff insisted that Moore meet with him so the plaintiff could confront him. And for some reason, Tim Moore did that. (laughs) That's they met up at a Biscuitville, which what is the deal with speakers of the House in North Carolina and these breakfast joint meetings? Jim Black at the IHOP with Michael Decker. Now you got a Biscuitville meet up here in Raleigh. I, I don't know. I don't know why, but maybe, you know, the theory is, I guess that the plaintiff is making is that, that yes, he admits to the multi-year relationship. And then at the end, he's like on a completely unrelated note, if there's anything I can do for you, implying that he could use the power he held as speaker in some way to benefit the plaintiff. Plaintiff angrily told defendant he did not want any political favors. Then he says, and this is where some of the stuff kind of raises, well, not kind of, it does. It raises questions for me. In the complaint, Scott Lasseter now says that he attempted to work through the marital problems and they tried counseling. Mrs. Lasseter was adamant that she wanted to save their marriage but could not end her relationship with Tim Moore for fear of retaliation. She implored her husband, to allow her to continue the relationship so her job, an at-will position that is statutorily created and directly funded by the North Carolina General Assembly, and the interests of the North Carolina Conference of Clerks would not be adversely affected by Tim Moore's anticipated displeasure over a potential breakup. So think, think of that conversation. You have to stop the affair. No, honey, I can't. I totally want to save the marriage, but I have to keep having this affair because I might lose my job. Does that seem weird? It seems weird to me. 
Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners, all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? I did get a message, another email here. Here it is. I got an email from Chip who says, Pete, um, on the question of what do you call a male mistress, would it not be a scoundrel for the man side of cheating? That's a good one, too, I guess. Scoundrel. Yeah, it's interesting that there's no specific word. Right? Cad. Cad works Cad, as well. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And somebody who is just automatically predisposed to being a cad, that's an autocad. <laughs> Sorry. That's, that's an architectural joke out there for you. Um, <laughs> I think, isn't that their computer program they use? Anyway. Um, upon, so this is, there's a, there's a third element to this story, which is an unidentified man, white guy, older, thinning hair, um, and he apparently shows up on multiple occasions at the home of the Lassiters. Although at this point, what the husband, Scott Lassiter, alleges in the complaint is that he is the sole occupant of this home now at this time. I don't know where his estranged wife has gone off to, but this is very shortly after um, June. June 1st. Oh, so this year. Oh, so just a couple of weeks ago. So since January 11th, he says he has been entitled to exclusive possession, use, and control of the property, of their house. The plaintiff has at all relative times... Uh, has had either actual or constructive possession of the house. All right. So what he's alleging also in this complaint, in this claim, is civil conspiracy. Upon information and belief, a conspiracy existed between defendant Tim Moore and defendant John Doe to commit wrongful, malicious acts to interfere with plaintiff's rights to exclusive use, possession, and control of his real and personal property. Upon information and belief, defendant Tim Moore, either personally or through an agent authorized to act on his behalf, requested that defendant John Doe unlawfully enter upon the plaintiff's real property and place a motion-activated camera on the property to capture photos and videos of the plaintiff that Tim Moore could then use to persuade him not to pursue any of the valid legal claims against him. Right? So he found a camera, and there's a guy on the video. They've got pictures of him from, like, a a different camera. In furtherance of Tim Moore's agreement to engage in unlawful actions against Scott Lassiter... Uh, Defendant John Doe trespassed upon plaintiff's real property on multiple occasions, intruded upon his seclusion, trespassed upon his personal property, and converted plaintiff's personal property to his own use. So what is all of that about? Well, 
He goes on to describe a series of events. On multiple occasions, this individual made unlawful and unauthorized entries to the property, and he lists them at approximately 3.18 in the morning on June 1st. So, 18 days ago. 18 days ago, he alleges that this guy comes on to the property without authorization and he installs a motion-activated camera to capture photos and video recordings without Scott Lassiter's consent. He installed this camera on a tree in the yard at an angle facing his house so that it could, upon information and belief, capture photos and video recordings of events inside and outside of his home. So now here's something else to contemplate. The guy could be a P.I. hired by the wife. That's he, he doesn't know that that uh, Tim Moore hired somebody or asked somebody or whatever, like that this guy knows Tim Moore. It, it, the guy could be a private investigator that was hired by the wife. John Doe unlawfully and without authorization entered upon the property, went on to the porch looked around, this was on June 4th, uh, and looked around. And this is where the photo comes. The image comes that is attached in this complaint that is now making the rounds on Twitter, and people are trying to discover who this guy is, who the John Doe is. Kind of tall, thin. um, He kind of reminds me of somebody. He's he's a white guy, uh, probably, I don't know, mid to late 40s. He's got on blue shorts. He has a light blue shirt that says dog days on it with a a cartoon of a black dog sitting on a white Adirondack chair, which I have now found they sell these at Hallmark. So the guy shops at Hallmark for his shirts. He's also not a very good PI if that's what he is, walking around on the front porch where, like, this video camera that has captured your image is obviously in plain sight. So... He walks right past it. So that was June 4th. So then June 7th, again at 3 a.m., he returns to the property, enters the property, and goes to retrieve the camera. But that's when he realizes, according to the complaint, that the camera on the tree is not his. Scott Lassiter took down that camera and replaced it with an identical camera. That's the camera the guy took. That camera that was replaced was Scott Lassiter's camera, motion activated, connected to his own wireless network such that it would capture photos and video recordings and save them to cloud storage. Defendant John Doe realized that the camera he installed on the property had been replaced, so he attempted to destroy the camera and then he removed it from the property. <laughs> Which, again, if you are a PI, wouldn't you know? Like, wouldn't you have known immediately when Scott Lasseter went up and took your camera down off the tree? Wouldn't you know? Because the motion activation would have tripped. And then you would have gone, to, oh, we got movement. What's going on? Oh, oh, no. He's looking right at the camera. Oh, my goodness. He's taking it down. <laughs> right? You would know that before you even showed up on the property. I got questions, man. I got I I, ha, I have questions. 
In a statement to WRAL, Speaker of the House Tim Moore described the lawsuit as baseless and said we will vigorously defend this action and pursue all available legal remedies. So right now, anybody, any white guy, middle-aged, with a blue Dog Days t-shirt, we got our eyes on you. Because that, like, honestly, you open this thing up, and if if what he is alleging is true, and somebody, and the speaker did hire somebody to do this, this is very bad. Here's an email from Stan. He says, so a woman tells her husband she's having an affair, and she's sorry, and wants to go to counseling to work on saving the marriage, but wants to continue the affair to save her job. Did it ever dawn on her that there are other jobs out there without bosses who don't require sex in exchange for continued employment, and it might be a good idea to go look for one of those? Indeed, Stan. So indeed. So now let's think about this, though. This is the story that who is telling? Scott Lassiter. He's telling the story. And so does that make logical sense as a story that she breaks down crying. She apologizes, wants to work it out is adamant. We want to save the marriage. We're going to go to counseling, but I'm just not going to stop having the affairs. (laughs) Does that make sense? That does not make sense to me. Unless of course, like he has it twisted in his mind that this is what she, like, she really wants to work on the marriage and she's really willing to do this stuff. But it's only because he's making her. He's making her have the affairs. And she would totally, maybe she's just lying. Maybe she's telling you that she has to keep having the affairs because she has to keep her job or something. And Like, I don't, like, something doesn't make sense about this story, Right. They both cannot be correct. She says that they've been separated and this is part of a defamatory uh, uh, response and that he's getting more and more unhinged. And that happens, by the way. That absolutely happens in these types of cases. So we'll have to wait for more, more statements and more information. And right now, nobody else is really saying much of anything other than what they have already uh, released to the media the initial round of uh, statements. But this does make it more difficult to govern. No doubt about that. Makes it more difficult to govern. Um, let me bring you a, uh, a poll. This came out last week. It was uh, from uh, Paul Shoemaker, Capital Communications, Inc. And they ran a uh, poll, The Power of the Unaffiliated Voter, on the... the North Carolina gubernatorial election. He says, there's hardly a day goes by when I don't get a call from a reporter or a member of the Republican donor community with, I did not know that was a community. Anyway, um, with a question, how do you think Mark Robinson will play to the general election voter? That's a very fair question. Glenn Bolger of Public Opinion Strategies and I worked on a client research project for North Carolina a couple weeks ago. And... He says, before I get to the meat of the numbers, a few relevant facts on the state of play. Number one, North Carolina Republicans are the smallest voting block of the state's three major voting blocks. Right. Number one is unaffiliated. Number two is Democrat. Number three is GOP. Also, 
Both the Democrat Party and the Republican Party have become so polarized that crossover voting between the two parties only occurs when one candidate is badly flawed. (coughs) Cal Cunningham. The unaffiliated voter, and more precisely, the four-year college-educated unaffiliated voter, holds the key to winning a statewide race. Four-year college-educated unaffiliated. Okay? The party or the candidate best positioned to win this group is going to win in 2024. And number four, polling on the gubernatorial election without candidate information is irrelevant to how the campaign will play out. Voters don't know much about Mark Robinson, so anybody saying the GOP race is a lock is just promoting their favorite candidate. Okay? So keep those things in mind. Um, But also keep this in mind. Attorney General Josh Stein's political consultant, Morgan Jackson, big-time poobah in the Democrat Party, he said, quote, Democrats pray daily for a Trump-Robinson ticket in North Carolina. That is what he told the IIANC Action Fund Thinker Lunch. Okay, these were these are think tank people. That I, I believe it's a left-of-center action fund. But he's saying that we're praying for a Trump-Robinson ticket. That's what Democrats in this state want to see. Now, you can reject that. You can say he's lying. Or you can think that he's telling you the truth. But what he said is borne out in these numbers. For example, Biden is a net negative 20 points down. Net negative unfavorable. 20 points down. Trump is 27. So... Like that's so if you're picking on favorability, you're behind. Biden is a net negative 27 points with unaffiliated compared to Trump, who is net negative 45 points. Just the unaffiliated. And if the unaffiliated are the ones who are going to swing the election, that's a really big difference. Biden is not very popular, but people perceive him, particularly the unaffiliated, perceive him as the lesser of two evils. Both Robinson and Josh Stein remain undefined with voters. Robinson has an overall image of 22% favorable, 17% unfavorable, 44% never heard of him. Republicans have, and he's way more favorable, 44% to 3% among Republicans. That's really good. Democrats, um, 31% unfavorable with Democrats, 21% favorable. Then you look at Stein, his overall image is weaker than Robinson's. A lot of people don't, 50% don't know who he is, but he's got an 18 favorable uh, rating and 12 unfavorable. He's only got 5% favorability among Republicans, 15% unfavorable. So the ballot test, Stein and Robinson in a two-way race, Robinson and Stein, right? Both numbers are relatively consistent with a general ballot test. So if they just throw this out and say, hey, uh, do you... Vote for a Republican or will you vote for a Democrat for governor and you don't know who the candidates are? They basically line up the same as a 45 for Stein and a 42 for Robinson. So that's where we are now. Obviously, that is subject to change. But once people hear two of the issues about eliminating science and history class, something that, you know, the comments that Robinson made and failure to pay his property taxes when you tell voters that and then ask them they don't like robinson anymore so expect democrats to hammer him with at least that